Have you ever wondered how the length of the time a traffic signal stays one color is determined? Well, I have, and it's usually while I'm sitting impatiently at a long red light. Hello, I'm Rusty Turner, and welcome to the Know the News podcast. We've got a story coming this weekend in the Northwest Arkansas Democrat Gazette about coordinating traffic signals in Bentonville. That may sound like a mundane topic, but if you're one of the thousands of people who have to get to or from Bentonville every day for work or school, you're probably listening pretty closely. And it turns out how long you may have to sit at a traffic signal isn't always a matter of chance or luck, no matter how frustrated you may get uh, while you're stopped at a red light. In fact, traffic signals are a constant consideration for municipal governments trying to manage traffic congestion and traffic flow and keep the cars moving. Bentonville is one of the fastest growing cities in the country, and the city has recently commissioned a study to help it better coordinate 33 traffic signals in that city in the hopes of improving traffic congestion on city streets. We'll talk about how that might work on today's Know the News podcast. I actually mentioned this story in our podcast last week, thinking we'd have it published in a few days, but we ended up holding it to get some more information, and now it's ready to go. And I'm joined today by Mike Jones. He's our Bentonville reporter, and he wrote that story. Uh, Mike, welcome to the podcast. Thanks for having me, Rusty. And I'm also joined by Dennis Burge. He's the Benton, he is Bentonville's transportation director, and it's his job to help keep those cars moving. Dennis, I really appreciate being here. Thank you. Yes, sir. Thank you for having me. All right. Mike, let's start with you. Tell us a little bit about what your story is going to tell readers this weekend. Well, Rusty, uh, in November, the Bentonville City Council approved uh, $39,000 in funding to do a study uh, with traffic engineering consultants, uh, which has offices in Fayetteville, Oklahoma City, and Tulsa, to come and do a, a look at 33 traffic signals uh, in Bentonville, most of those along 14th Street, Walton Boulevard, a small stretch of Central Avenue, and Highway 12 between Greenhouse Road and Southwest I Street. Okay. And, and Dennis, I, I, I'm assuming those those are the the uh, the place where they're the 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 most uh, the most challenging intersections in town. Is that right? Yes, sir. Absolutely. We have approximately 50 traffic signals in the city of Bentonville, um, and then we have these 33 that we are doing now are along our most congested corridors, uh, which you can imagine would be 14th Street or Highway 102, whatever you wanted to call that, right. as well as our Walton boulevard section which at one time was highway 71b but now the city owns that so it's it's just walton boulevard but still a main arterial corridor that carries anywhere depending on where you're at anywhere from twenty five thousand cars a day to thirty five thousand cars a day uh on that corridor so very gets very congested at times yeah so i'm just going to add a personal note here my uh my wife uh, grew up in bentonville graduated from bentonville high school and, and tells the story about when she was, um, I think, a sophomore or a freshman, she and her friends skipped school to go drive through the first three-stage stoplight in town when it, <laughs> when it turned on. So, um, And she's not that old, so it wasn't that long right. ago. So yeah, that, absolutely. Yeah. So. She, this, the, the town has grown so quickly over the last few years that yeah, we've seen a lot of change, and we do, we're doing our best to keep up with that change. So uh, with that explosive growth, I mean, what, I, there's, there's got to be a million different variables 
that go and in, you know, go into this. So, so what what would some of those some of those variables be as far as you know? Clearly, the number of cars and and the growth and all that kind of stuff. But, but um, I'm sure there are lots of other things that have to go into consideration as you're thinking about these things. Yeah, when we do our timing study, we try we only allow that to be done when school is in session that tends to be our most congested time period everybody is going to work everybody is going to school so the most drivers are on the roads at that time uh so we do it during that time um but we we don't just have timing patterns for that time we have timing patterns for in the summer when school is not in covid really threw us a loop we lost about 40 percent of our traffic at one time march of last year so we had to change things based on that uh, now we've gained all that traffic back, maybe even a little more. So yeah, you're right. Everything, uh, everything's always changing. So we do this yearly update to those signals that are most important or move the most traffic. Uh, we, we yearly, uh, do those studies and adjust the timing and coordination between the city, uh, signals. And just to, when we, when we talk about signal coordination, just exactly what, do, what does that mean? Can you kind of describe the, the, yeah. uh, the, the process of, of figuring out what how long light should be and that sort of thing yeah so the timing comes into play uh how long you're going to sit at the signal which is what you mentioned yeah. earlier we have we're going to move so much traffic in in a certain amount of time now we have to decide uh how much time do you dedicate to each movement uh east west north south left turn right turn uh, so we try to split that up the best possible way to keep everybody moving and, and sitting the minimal amount of time at the intersection. Coordination, on the other hand, it is how the signals will react to each other as you're moving down the corridor. For instance, if you're moving down Walton um, and you, you hit the signal at the right time when it turns green, if we have everything coordinated right, you should hit two or three signals that are green and be able to move through there. You may not be able to move through the entire corridor while it's green, but uh, they should be coordinated to where you can move through several signals at a time before you get stopped at the next one. And um, and, and for, for those folks who might have a little bit of a heavy foot, I would imagine that coordination is also based on the speed limit of those particular stretches of... of, of, of <laughs> right, of it is. It's, yeah. it, it is on what we expect the speed limit to be through there, not necessarily on what they may be driving, but yeah. what we expect it to be, yes. Yeah. Uh, we have um, all of our signals, almost all of them, I believe, on Walton anyway. Uh, we have uh, traffic counts that it keeps up with daily, and so we're able to get a really good handle on the traffic count portion of it. The very few signals keep up with speeds that are being traveled, but we have a couple of those in the inter in the uh, city now. Um, don't worry, we're not writing uh, tickets or anything based off of that. It's just for our coordination data. Um, so we are able to collect speed information on a couple of them, but I think there really is only two right now. Uh, as we get more of that uh, technology in place, we'll be able to make our coordination even better at the time. And the, the study that Mike mentioned earlier, the one that was, that, was, uh, that was approved by the council last month, is that different from your regular uh, evaluation uh, of uh, of, of traffic and, and, and signal coordination, or is that going to be a, a is that going to is that going to create some changes that uh, overall that wouldn't necessarily happen with your with your, with your regular evaluations? No, this is our normal uh, annual evaluation that okay. we have done, um, and, and this group has done this for us for a number of years now. They've 
uh, come to the top of our selection process and have done this for a number of years for us. So they've got a pretty good handle on what our city, how our city reacts. We we actually, Bentonville uh, is fairly predictable, or at least was until COVID hit and people started working from home. But we, of course, if you've driven here, it sounds like you have, um, the a.m. and p.m. peak times are, are very congested in Bentonville. Uh, we have traffic of a city of 50,000, which is what we are, uh, between 9 o'clock in the morning and 2 o'clock in the evening. But for those a.m. peak times, 7.30 to 9, and, and the p.m. peak times, 4 to 7 or so, we're actually carrying traffic of about 75 to 90,000. Uh, uh, a city of a population of 75 to 90,000 would carry because we have commuters coming into the city. So our traffic count actually goes up during those times as people are commuting through our city to and from work. So it's predictable in, in that account that we know when the peak times are going to be. Um, when, when COVID hits and things kind of scatter out, that's when we have to really start adjusting our coordinations that we do yearly. Uh, and this company works with us throughout the year, but this is the annual study that will kick us off on, on here's our new programming based on our growth in traffic and growth in uh, vehicle. Yeah. Um, um, yeah. Okay. And, um, and will drivers actually notice once you get the results of the study and start implementing the recommendations will do you think drivers will actually notice some of those changes or or will it just be part of the part of the natural flow of 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 commuting yeah we uh, some people notice uh not not a lot of uh comments come back to me about it at least uh, the most comments i get are the signals that we ha do not have coordinated i tend to get comments about those um maybe your signal turns red and there's nobody coming the other way and why am i stopping and yeah. uh, it's, it, it's because they're, they're running on those time systems and they haven't been coordinated as well as the rest of these have so usually once we adjust everything and get everything running back as best as we can get it i usually start getting comments on the other ones yeah yeah uh, some of the signalization, I think, is probably managed through with cameras or, or sensors in the pavement. Is that is that still the case? Yeah, I think uh, every one of our signals now is managed with cameras. I think we've moved completely away from the uh, magnetic strips in the pavement. Uh, so we, we use cameras, uh, short-range cameras, long-range cameras. We try to pick up uh, traffic and notify it notify the controller cabinet uh, as far out as we can. Uh, two of the signals, which I was telling you picks up speeds earlier, we actually use a, um, a, a radar system on those that reaches out further than our long-range cameras will, so it replaces the long-range cameras. But we still have the short-range cameras in uh, uh, in the vicinity of the signal that picks up the turn lanes and, and all of that good stuff. The stacking at the signal, it'll pick up as well. And we have fiber uh, connection that runs to most all of our signals, which comes back to our traffic management center room or TMC room, and, and our guys there can can look at that and they notice pretty quickly if we're having a problem. Hey Dennis, this is Mike. Um, had a couple of questions about two of the sections that are in the study. They're they're small sections, um, but I, I I just wanted to get your feedback on. Um, the one intersection at uh, Southeast Martin Luther King Jr. Parkway to Interstate 49 on Central. That's a small stretch of road right there. Uh, wh what brought that into the study? 
Yep. So we added that one in uh, several years back. I don't know if you remember, RDOT did a project there at that interchange. Um, before that, we were having uh, quite a bit of issues of congestion and backing up, and we're continually having to change those uh, signals, timing around. And, and we added that to this list back then to try to help traffic move through that interchange. Um, since the RDOT project, things are moving pretty good but we're still keeping an eye on that but that's how it got added into this list originally and the and, and the other stretch of uh of, of road as everyone knows you know southwest bentonville is, is is where the growth is happening and at and uh if you're coming up highway 12 i know there's a lot of people that take quote unquote the back way from gentry and solemn springs to come into work that stretch of road from greenhouse to southwest i uh, I, there are a lot of people that say, hey, it takes a long time to get up that stretch of road. Yes. Yeah. And that's um, and the, we have recently added those signals along Highway 12 or mm -hmm. Regional Air Boulevard. Um, we've recently added those signals to this list. Uh, we, it took us a little while to get fiber connection out to those. It's very hard for us to adjust these signals if we don't have our fiber connection to them and we can talk to them from our office. Um, we can do these studies and we can make changes, but we can't adjust them throughout the year and make the most use of our changes uh, without that fiber. So we finally got that added in and added to this list now. So we'll we'll help that out as much as we can. But you're right. That is a highly congested corridor that um, we can only do so much, but we'll we'll get them adjusted and tweaked the best we can. Yeah, well, probably the one thing you can't control the number of cars coming in and out of town. So, yeah, you know, yeah, so. correctly, and that, and that's an issue with um, streets in Bentonville is east-west corridors. As as you probably know, yeah. we have um, we have an airport in it, located in our city, a municipal airport, and it kind of you can't really go east-west through that, so you got to go around it. And then there's some other things here and there that so you really wind up with. Um, Regional Airport Boulevard and 14th Street as your major east-west connectors. Uh, what we're doing with our master street plan that we've uh, recently updated and we've come up with a list of projects and the bond was approved to tackle some of those projects. We're trying to improve our east-west uh, connections the best we can. Really, I think that's the way you would help this traffic out is to provide more east-west connections. Yeah, and uh, I, I want to ask a question about on the on the east side, the... the uh, uh, I-49 um, interchange that's being converted to the to the single point urban interchange. Uh, how will that affect traffic flow? Is that 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 appears to me to be uh, something that could be a, a huge improvement to traffic between Rogers and Bentonville on Walton Walton and Walnut. Yeah, and and it's the same type um, interchange that has just finished up on the north end of our city at exit 93. And I, I feel like I, I, I drive the one at exit 93 every day, and I feel like it's made a, a great improvement from uh, what that interchange was. So, yeah, I'm hopeful that this one at exit 85 does the same thing. Um, in, uh, in theory, uh, Spooey Interchange are designed to move more traffic. Uh, they also take up a little bit less of a footprint, so it doesn't affect the businesses as much that are around there uh, for having to, you know, buy right away. Uh, and encroach on their businesses. Uh, so that's another advantage of it. We will, once it finishes, you will have, instead of a signal at every own off ramp, you'll have one single signal underneath the bridge uh, that everything comes to. 
Um, and then we'll still have a signal there at Moberly as well, but it'll cut down on the number of, of stops. So definitely should move traffic better. I look forward to it. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, you said exit 93 is a similar, uh, as, um, single point urban interchange or spooey. Uh, is that right? Yes. Yeah, that's correct. Yes. Yeah. That's, uh, that is the, um, uh, exact design just oriented a little differently. And, and we actually have on our website, if you go to Bentville, uh, BentvilleAR.com, and, and if you go to the transportation page, there's actually a little model that you can see how cars flow through those spooey interchange. Yeah. So I, I, I guess one question left to ask, is there anything that drivers can do to, uh, to, to help with, with congestion and, and, and to, to lower their frustration levels uh, as, the, as they're trying to move through? And it's not just Bentonville. You know, all of the communities along the, uh, the I-49 uh, interchange, uh, I-49 interstate, uh, they've all grown rapidly and they're all experiencing their own unique traffic problems. What can drivers do to make things a little easier on themselves? Yeah, I, uh, well, a couple of things that I, I do myself is, uh, well, patience is one thing that we all have to have, and that's, that's, sometimes that's hard to come by. Uh, but as far as things we can do while we're driving, I always try to plan ahead. I, it, it, we're, we're constantly tre- tweaking things in transportation, and sometimes we're moving lanes around. So it, pay attention to the signs and, and think ahead about which lane you need to be in. It really helps our signals function better. You know, if you're not um, all of a sudden you're in the outside straight through lane and you decide, Oh, I need to turn left and you have to cross two lanes to get over there. That, that kind of slows things down for everybody. So, you know, if we're, if we're thinking ahead and trying to get in the right lane before we get to those signals, that, that tends to help out a lot. All right. Go ahead, Mike. Uh, Dennis, um, this study was done last year at about the same time, and in in the past year, there's been a traffic signal that's open that I'm sure tons of people in Bentonville are very happy to see, and that's the light at Northwest 3rd and Walton. That used to be a kind of fly-by-the-seat-of-your-pants left-hand turn, or you could never get out. Uh, the traffic in front was, you know, you, it was hard to make a right-hand turn out of there. How, how much of a benefit has that light been at Northwest 3rd and Walton? It's, I've seen uh, quite a bit of benefit from that one, and I've actually gotten quite a few compliments or um, uh, uh, anyway, phone calls that say, hey, we, we like having that here. Uh, it does improve the left turn ability. It also, we found out, uh, and we knew this one going in, the, the school system has a bus barn uh, out west on Northwest 3rd, and a lot of their school buses come out that way. Uh, so it helps them with the left-hand turn, but we've added in some crosswalks. So now our pedestrian, uh, our walkers and our bikers, it gives them another location that they can cross the arterial section of Walton. So we've, we've actually had quite a few uh, phone calls about that as well. So I think it's been a little bit bigger benefit than what we originally uh, thought going into it. We were, like you said, we were looking at just the left turn uh, capabilities there, but we've gained a, we've gained a little more benefit than that. It is a little close to some other signals. So traffic tends to back up in the peak hours, but uh, we tend to, we're, it looks like we're handling that uh, pretty well right now. And Dennis, do you think, you know, we've had an awful lot of people change their, their work styles and, and work schedules and, uh, you mentioned the the, the in large reduction in traffic when everybody was working from home. Um, do you ex- have we gotten back to the peaks before then, or do you expect that to be a little slower before we get back to those those kind of numbers? We're really close to being back there. Of course, this this time of year, this season, uh, traffic yeah. always increases anyway. Uh, 
Um, but the last time I checked a few months ago, we were back to within about 10% of, of yeah. what we were, uh, before COVID hit. So it's making a, a rapid, uh, build back here. <laughs> yeah. So, well, what are we missing, uh, Dennis, anything else you'd like to add, uh, let, let folks know about this, this project? Um, I, I think the only thing I would add to that is, um, you know, people people see that and maybe see the price tag and, and, and think that's high or not high. But I always like to tell people we have invested into our signals and this is another investment that we make to try to keep our traffic flowing uh, smoothly uh, with as least amount of frustration as we can. We know we're still going to have some. Uh, but we've invested in that and the, and the type of software that we've invested in, in our signals allows us to do those traffic counts and we can provide it to this company. So it's actually, um, a, a lot more cost effective for us since we're collecting that data and providing it to the company every year. Uh, so there are benefits there that people may not see. I just, I think that's good to put out there and let them know about. Well, Dennis, I want to I want to thank you for being our guest today. This is uh, Dennis Burge. He's the transportation director for the city of Bentonville, and he's talking to us talking to us about uh, traffic signal coordination in this in the city and and efforts to 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 help traffic flow a little better. Uh, again, thanks, Dennis. I appreciate your time today. Yes, sir. Thank you guys for having me. I also want to thank Mike Jones. He's our Bentonville reporter, and he's got a story about traffic signalization that will appear in this weekend's editions of the Northwest Arkansas Democrat Gazette. And here are a few other stories we've got coming your way this weekend. Tom Sissom takes a look at the ongoing lawsuit that pits two regional solid waste districts against each other in a dispute over tipping fees at the tiny town landfill. A former Rogers police officer who has Tourette syndrome sued the department when he was fired for using a racially insensitive term during a training session. He argued that his affliction caused him to use the word. The suit has since been dismissed, and it appears the parties have settled the dispute. Tracy Neal has the details. We'll also have an update on the new courtroom for Benton County's newest circuit judge, Christine Howard. She's been using temporary space for the last year, but it looks like she's about to move into those new digs. Ron Wood will tell us about plans at Northwest Arkansas National Airport for a proposed western concourse, which officials say is needed to accommodate current and future needs. Monica Brick will give us details on where folks in the River Valley can go to get a good meal on Christmas. She'll also fill us in on the latest lawsuit against the Fort Smith Board of Directors, which accuses the members of violating the state's open meetings law. And as always, we'll have everything you need to know about Razorback Sports at wholehogsports.com. All this and much more will be available to subscribers of the Northwest Arkansas Democrat Gazette this weekend. You can find it on our tablet app, our smartphone app, and at our website at nwaonline.com. Non-subscribers don't have to miss it. They can sign up for, for a subscription to support local journalism by hitting the subscribe button on our website. Or they can call us at 479-684-5509. That number, again, is 479-684-5509. This podcast, Know the News, comes to you every Friday. So please check back with us again, or just hit the subscribe button on your device now, and you'll know when a new edition pops up. Thanks for joining us today on the Know the News podcast. I'm Rusty Turner, and we'll be back again with a new edition next week.